you forget a lot of the impact areas that you make because sometimes the impact is helping coach someone out of a hard challenge or, you know, giving some feedback on something or, you know, writing a doc to help align teams. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 111 of Design Today. I'm your host, Dylan Winspear, and my mission is to help you improve your UX game from beginning to end. Whether you're fresh out of school or five years in, my goal is to help you figure out the next step to excel in your career. I've been teasing this now for a few weeks. Change is coming, and I'm finally ready to let you know what that change is going to look like. Each year, I run a survey or two in order to understand the Design Today listeners a little bit better. On top of that, I've absolutely loved sitting down with some of you for coaching sessions, virtual lunches, and more. It's in those opportunities that I've realized that Design Today needs to evolve like many of you are evolving in your UX career. I started this podcast back in 2018, and for the last three years, I've dedicated nearly every episode to helping UX designers get their start in the UX field. We've covered topics on resumes, portfolios, interviewing, life after boot camps, and so much more. This content is evergreen, meaning that I truly believe that you can go back and listen to episodes from three years ago and get relevant info for today. If you're new to the field and new to the podcast, you've got so much you can go back and listen to to level up your skills. But for many of you who joined me years ago or even six months ago, you've already leveled up and you've passed this stage already. What happens next? Now you're looking for a promotion or a pay raise. Now you're looking for mentorship opportunities. Now you're looking for leadership or management opportunities. And that's where I want to go next. Today's episode features one of my UX heroes, David Hong. I started following him on Twitter and his thought leadership around design leadership has meant a ton to me. We discuss on this episode how you can begin to navigate the waters of being an individual contributor or a manager. I use the word manager instead of leader or mentor because I believe you can be a leader and a mentor straight out of the gate. But typically, managers come with time and experience. In our episode, we'll dive into how you can assess if you're ready for a management position and some of the pros and cons that come along with it. At the conclusion of this episode, I'll be taking a hiatus from podcasting for a while while I work on the next stage of design today and figure out what it looks like. While I've loved podcasting, I'm not exactly sure if the weekly podcast format is how to best help you in the next stage of your UX career. Maybe it looks more like a book. Maybe it looks like monthly meetups. Maybe it looks like a monthly podcast. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure. But like any UX designer, I'm excited to discover a solution to the problem. In the time that passes, be sure to join and participate in the Design Today Slack community, which you can request an invite to by going to designtoday.com. Thank you for allowing me on your journey. I'm excited to help you in this next stage. Now let's get to this episode featuring David Hong. Welcome, David, to the Design Today podcast. I appreciate you taking your time and taking your morning to spend it with me. Thanks so much for having me, Dylan. This is uh, pretty cool. I I do kind of get to fan out over my guests uh, quite frequently. Uh, when I started this podcast, I didn't anticipate being able to actually talk to so many of my design heroes, if you will. And, and I do consider you one of my design heroes because of your Twitter feed, which I stumbled across 
months, maybe years ago. And it has been one of my favorite design Twitter accounts of all time. So thank you for the content that you put out there. I, I am so flattered. And, and thank you so much for your kind words, Dylan. Uh, I'm curious. Do you remember how you started following me on Twitter? Because I, I, I hear this a lot. And I think for me, Twitter for me is almost just a stream of consciousness. So I'm curious, like, you know, what what resonated? You know, okay, so I do have a couple examples. Uh, I actually screenshotted them and pulled them up on my phone so I could tell you exactly what is the type of stuff that I'm actually drawn to. Um, I don't know when. I would assume somewhere on the line among the other Twitter accounts that I follow, I saw a David Hong uh, retweet. And I think that's probably what was it that kind of that pulled me in. I you know pulled you up, started following more. But then I saw a few other tweets and Here's a couple examples of the tweets that really pulled me in. All right. So I'm going I'm to rattle a couple of these off. This one, I think, was just on point. Uh, you said, my hiring philosophy, I hire people who will be great successors or who would I want to go work for? When it's all said and done, if those I led in my orgs surpass my accomplishments, I did something right. And I read that I'm going like, that's the mentality of a manager, of a hiring manager. Like that's the mentality we need. I, there's too many hiring managers who want the glory. And I liked the humility of I'm building the team. And if they can surpass my accomplishments, I'm doing something right. And I, I loved that tweet. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that reminds me of like the way I started my career. I had a lot of amazing mentors who, basically instilled that mindset. And I remember my first mentor, Marie, she's always said, like, if I can come work for you, that's how we know it's a successful mentorship relationship. And uh, that always stuck with me. And I think, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Simon Sinek's uh, Infinite Game. And I think when we think about the, what we, what we leave behind, and this doesn't mean like, you know, when we die, but it means like when you leave the company or you go mm -hmm. somewhere else, like, are you, are you giving, are you offering that preparedness for people to continue it on? Right. Because I think for me, success isn't like everything falls apart when, when you leave the, the organization, but it's, it's, it's thriving. And I, I really believe in that infinite mindset of like, you know, wherever you go, you're really, you're really building out an ecosystem of leaders. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone is going to ever want to admit this, but I do think I have seen, I'm sure you have seen that people like this idea of if I wasn't here, things would fall apart. And if I leave, you're going to miss me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's easy to see when people have built teams in that manner Mm -hmm. uh, with that mindset. And I, I see your tweet as complete opposite of that is when I leave, you'll be stronger. And when I leave, I might want to come back and work for you someday. Like I, I thought that was powerful. Let me rattle off another one for you. Yeah. Um, this one was, uh, maybe a week or so before that tweet. Uh, this one said, I've noticed my aspirations and goal settings have changed to, I'd like to achieve this sometime in the next five to 10 years instead of quarterly and annually. It feels so refreshing to relinquish concerns I can't control and focus on the long game. And that hit at just the right time of year. You're probably thinking of New Year goals and that kind of stuff because I think this came out just a couple of days after New Year's Day. And so my mindset was also on goals. 
And I've been taking that same approach. And I liked you actually saying that because sometimes these quarterly goals just kind of stress me out. And I like the fact of like, why do, why is there such a focus on like, I have to have this done this month. Mm-hmm. Just work at it and don't stress out about it. Uh, keep plugging away. Is that kind of what you were intending with that tweet? Totally. I think one thing that comes to mind, especially in a management or leadership role, the outcomes you want, it's going to take more time and time. It's interesting because it moves fast and slow at the same time. And when I was reflecting on that, I was thinking about um, Cap Watkins put posted on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen that. It's like um, it shows it's a video that shows the speed of a train moving and how fast it looks like for a passenger. It's like, you know, blazing speed. But then in the conductor view, it's very, very slow, right? You're making adjustments, you're course correcting and anticipating a lot of these things. And I thought that was such a good analogy for for leadership or 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 personal growth for that matter really like you know i've been doing this for 16 17 years and feel like i'm just getting started in my career in a, in a lot of ways so it's mm-hmm. been it's it's helped reduce a lot of anxiety too just feeling that way instead of being like what do i need to do for the quarter certainly i set up quarterly goals for myself but i i i set them with that mindset of like, okay, what do I want to be doing in like 10, 15 years from now? Yeah, I think that's super powerful to have that that vision. And then also, you know, in that same tweet, you're talking about, you know, relinquishing some of your concerns of things that you can't control because mm-hmm. inevitably, inevitably with those tight timelines of I got to get this done this month, there are things that are going to come up. And when you don't hit that goal, well, what, how does that reflect that? You know, is that something that drags you down? Is that something that weighs on you? Um, because ultimately those things are beyond your control. So I, I liked the focus on what you called the long game. Uh, that was a great tweet. I, I wanted to end my uh, my tweet reads with this one because I think this puts uh, this resonated with me uh, on a different level. But this is also why I love your your Twitter account. Is yes, there's a lot of thought leadership if we can use that word in your in your tweets. Uh, but then occasionally you come across these other tweets that are just more. This is how a designer thinks and operates. Uh, And this one is uh, an example of that. It said, me, I like to keep things lo-fi and sketch on paper. Also me, check out this floor plan I built in Figma design with variants of different furniture and room layouts. (laughs) Idea to done and nothing in between. And I laughed so hard at that because, again, that is so, that's how a designer operates. It's like, huh, I, I really, I mean, viewers aren't gonna be able to see this but yes i'm a paper and pen person as well mm-hmm. and i like to think i'm a paper and pen person but then it comes to hey we're gonna design a concrete pad for the backyard so we can put a hot tub on it and i'm like ooh, i know how to do this and next thing i know the whole thing's done in figma and we've got different lines running electrical and we've got the input we got the deck designed uh all on layers so you can turn them on and off i mean like that's how a designer thinks i, I love it it's a great tweet I feel like the definition of a designer is basically being a constant contradiction of yourself, right? Because <laughs> like you, you say these things and you do another things. And I, I think it's a good thing, right? I think, um, you know, for me, what comes to mind is for designers, we, we have to think so much like low fidelity and high fidelity and those things inform each other constantly. So we're, we're consistently going to, contradict ourselves in that way and you know for me it's just 
especially as a manager and a leader, you know, you don't want to, you want to think things high level, but then you also want to sweat the details too. So being able to, you know, provide air cover and then like come to the ground quickly is like super important. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love this stuff and designers being a constant contradiction of themselves is quite hilarious. Cause that is kind oh, of the truth and getting comfortable with that discomfort, uh, yields a lot more happiness than trying to understand and, uh, and process. Um, so we should get onto topic here. Uh, we did not come here to dissect all of your tweets. However, I could spend an entire episode doing that. Uh, David, how long have you been director of design at Webflow? It's been one year and four months. Congratulations. Thank and you. what were you up to before Webflow? Before Webflow, I was head of product design at a health tech company called One Medical. Um, I was there for four years, so led early design there. When I was there, I was, I was, it was a few dozen team members on the product team. And, and when I left, it was, it was hundreds. So uh, wow. I, I, I had the pleasure of starting pretty early until, until the company IPO'd. So I, I left shortly before that, took a little eight week, eight to 10 week sabbatical and then ended up at Webflow. Uh, eight to 10 week sabbatical, finding the right job or just going like, Hey, we, cr we kind of crushed that. And I'm going to take the next eight weeks off. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both. I think for me, like, <laughs> you know, one medical is such a special place. It, it, it's a place where I felt like I could have been there another four years. And one of the reasons, one of the forcing functions of, of moving was, you know, my girlfriend and I. Um, I was in San Francisco and she was in LA. So of course, pre COVID times, uh, we were, we we're doing the long distance thing and, and I, I needed to, to move down to LA. So, you know, for me, it was really like an opportunity to explore the next chapter, really. You know, I think it's really fortunate to move on from a company on those terms where you still connect and and talk to people every day. You still miss them. And I feel like it's such a blessing in a lot of ways to not burn any bridges. And, you know, because unfortunately, not everyone gets a chance to leave a company like that. So it was mm -hmm. really like, hey, I'm ready for this next chapter. The sabbatical is really trying to kind of unpack and reflect from those four years at One Medical. And then... And then figuring out what's next. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, again, we we said you, you ended up at Webflow eight weeks later. Is that right? Yeah, I think roughly eight, eight to 10 weeks or so. Cool. So with 16 years of industry experience, I'm curious, at what year did you find yourself moving into more of a managerial position? Yeah, um, it's a good question. And it depends, and I'll tell you why it depends. Um, I would say within year nine or ten, uh, I, I started a company. So I started okay. a product design uh, consultancy with one of my best friends growing up. So we were doing a lot of professional services for like mobile apps, particularly iOS. So the irony of working at Webflow is like a lot of my background is in Mac and iOS design development. Mm -hmm. And at that time, you know, 
becoming a manager, you know, I think it's really thinking about the business and the people as well. So I kind of started managing then, uh, you know, so my best friend and I were co-founders and we ended up like uh, growing the team a bit. So started managing people in that way. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like management without being taught how to manage uh, uh, baptism by fire, if you will. Yeah. And then I think, you know, formally it was in like years, like 13, 12 or 13, where like, you know, I took on in-house people management roles. And so leading up to year nine, when you started, uh, you know, getting thrown into the fire, were you an individual contributor? What were your roles at the companies you're up at that point? Yeah, primarily an IC. Okay. And that move to become a manager, I mean, obviously that was thrusted upon you with uh, with your startup. Uh, was the startup, what happened to the startup come year 12, 13? Um, you know, running a business is a lot of energy and a lot of effort. Yeah. And I think we just, you know, we were doing it for about five years. And I think at that point, we're like, you know, it's time to do something different. Like yeah. we could have continued the business. We, we, we had such an awesome opportunity to work with some amazing clients and amazing projects, but, you know, being a entrepreneur and being a business owner is really hard. And we said, you know what, like, why don't we start thinking about what's next in our chapter? Because I think in a lot of ways, and it's such a common theme for uh, my careers, I feel like everything I've done, I felt like I could have stayed forever or could have kept doing it. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, there was always, you know, whether personal or work, there's always a new challenge or opportunity. So for us, we just decided like, hey, let's spin down this business uh, and, and you know, kind of finish up the work with the clients. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of had a desire to work more in-house as well, too. Yeah. So after the startup, then you moved into more of a leadership position. Did you know you wanted to be in more of a leadership position after that startup? Or how come you didn't want to go back to more of an IC role? Like, what was the shift that happened there? The irony, Dylan, is I think if you would have asked me like 10 years ago, I would would have told you, like, I never want to be a manager. Like, I'm like, managers don't do anything. They just they go to meetings and they do their strategic planning. You know, it's really the ICs that get the work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do believe that where I, you know, like leadership as an IC is a, is a big part too. But for me, I think at that point in my life, I was really keen on like still doing the design, you know? So I yeah. was kind of like, you know, I want to be the Johnny Ive or I want to be, you know, the person who's known for like the design work itself. I don't want to be a middle manager. I don't want to be, you know, in, in that role. And I think, it was just interesting just through a series of events that um, leadership is a role. I think it, it, it calls you when you're not looking for it a lot of times too. And I think that's what I've recognized as I think about like people of management potentials They're they're not even thinking about that track. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think um, to riff off of that, I think all the best managers land in management like yeah. that. Yeah. I think there are other managers that do aspire to a management position, you know, right or wrong. I'm not going to say that's, that's right or wrong, but they've kind of got it in their mind that uh, they're destined for management. And so it doesn't necessarily find them. They've been in the hot pursuit of it. But I have found, I think along with what you're saying is like 
some of the best managers I ever worked for are ones that weren't asking for that responsibility. Yep. Like, in fact, they were just doing it already, right? They were leading, mentoring, and and doing all those things you want in a great leader and manager. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this uh, as we did our pre-call chat, um, that the designers who have been listening to this podcast, uh, you know, if they've been following since the very beginning, they've been following since, uh, you know, three years ago. And at this point in their career, they're getting more leadership opportunities whether that be a, a team lead role or a mentorship role where they're mentoring some juniors, mentoring some interns, but they're thinking more about like, what does the future of my career look at or look like? Uh, the big hurdle of getting your education, making your leap into your first job, that box has been checked. And now many of these listeners are in the point of like, now what happens next? And that's kind of where I want to go with this topic of uh, you know, design leadership versus individual contributor. What advice do you have for somebody who's at that stage starting to plan where they want to go next in their career? Yeah, such a good question. I, I think what I would ask them is like, what what impact do you want to make? And the reason I ask that is I personally feel our industry and design, or maybe tech for that matter, it kind of sets false incentives for people to get into management because of career track. It's like, you know, and in order to get more compensation or more responsibilities, you have to become a manager and like, it shouldn't be like that. So I think that's one important thing to like, you know, talk to people about, and, and you can't blame people for wanting, you know, more responsibility and, and, and higher pay. Right. So Mm -hmm. sometimes people feel forced to go into management in that regard. And it's completely understandable. It's not their fault. It's, it's a fault of the system that's set up. And the, and the reason I would ask people like, you know, what impact you want to make is because like, you know, the role of a people manager versus the role of a leading IC both roles are leaders, but it's such a different way. So, mm-hmm. you know, I like to ask people like, what impact do you want to make and what gratitude, uh, you know, what, what gives you like, uh, what gives you gratification in, in, in the work that you do? Some will say, you know, I really like, you know, helping people build up their skills and really mentor them. And I say, you don't have to be a manager to do that, right? You can be a staff or principal IC and take on that role. But when you are in that people management responsibility, it's a lot of cross-functional work. It's a lot of operational work. Uh, you, you have to approve PTO. You have to, you know, have the salary discussion. So it's this whole like, you know, layer underneath the tip of the iceberg that people don't see in terms of people management. So it's like those things are going to take time away from your ability to mentor and and you know help people improve on that day to day basis. So. I like to say, you know, where do you, where do you like to make impact and, you know, what gives you gratification in in your day-to-day work? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, right? And I think there's a couple of variety of topics that we could go down now based off of that. One of them being, you know, how do you start to validate or, or vet out whether or not you want to have more of the responsibility of people management? Uh, How do you, how do you know that you're good at it. How do you know if you're uh, if if that's in your wheelhouse of skills? Um, how do you suggest somebody start to vet that without the opportunity? 
Yeah, that that's the industry problem, Dylan, right? It's that like people often don't get a chance to try. I think like, you know, I think the two biggest areas of limbo in people's design careers is going from like senior IC to kind of that lead or making that transition into manager, aside from getting into the industry to begin with. And I think it's so hard because a lot of companies haven't set up that structure for people to grow. And this is probably why people go to, you know, gigantic companies where they have that investment and, and career track for people to get management training. So I think, you know, like at Webflow, one thing we think about is like, you know, how, how do we, how do we make that case and provide that evidence that someone's already doing some of this stuff in the role? So I think the first step you can do is really give them like some responsibilities to really like kind of toe dip on what that looks like and feels like. So one example is um, one of our um, design leaders at Webflow, her name, Cassie McDaniel. She, you know, there's some people on her team who are really interested in management. And what she's doing is like, Hey, I'm going to pull you into our interview process or like, why don't you, shadow or do a ride along with me on when I'm reviewing applications. So we can kind of talk about what would a manager look for. So these are the things that you have to design in order to enable that leadership pipeline, because if you don't do it, then, you know, what typically happens is when it's time to make a promo case, you know, there's always pushback like, well, we haven't seen this person do it. And like similar to someone trying to get into the industry, it's like, how do I how do I get to this level if I don't have that experience or have that opportunity to show what I can do? So I think those are really great ways to find like, you know, some of these stretch responsibilities I like to call for um, for people interested in it where you don't have to make them a manager right away. But let's give you some responsibilities or give you some experiences of what what a day to day would be and and see how you feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because in your comment that you made a, a moment ago, you talked about um, how a lot of individuals think that the next step has to be into management because mm-hmm. the company that they're working at doesn't necessarily have parallel career tracks for individual contributors versus managers. It goes from individual contributor into manager without mm-hmm. a real uh, you know, fork there. Um, how does someone start to navigate then? the path between the two. I mean, if you're at, and if you're not at a company who set up parallel tracks, what's your best option then? Well, I think a big question you have to ask is, should you stay at that company? And that's one thing I would ask in interviews is how they think about career development. Like, are there parallel tracks? But, you know, I think there's, as people are thinking about their career pathways, uh, and what they want in the career. It's important to see is like to ask yourself, does the company I work at support that? And if the answer is no, that's okay. You know, there are a multitude of factors that probably determine that, right? So yeah. like, can the company, is there a business need? Can the company afford it? And in other factors, you know, like hundreds of other factors that I, that I won't rattle off, but I think that's an important question is if you're kind of pursuing, like if you're an IC and you want to go into management or if you're an IC and you want to go into like deeper expertise, like let's say you want to be 
like a principal designer focusing on design systems, but there's no like design systems team or motion to, to enable, like you do need to ask yourself, like, do I need to look externally? And, uh, you know, and I don't think it's a bad question to ask. And, and I think one thing, um, I encourage people to do is have conversations with people, right? Just because you talk to a company or if you talk to a recruiter, it doesn't mean you're, you know, betraying your current team. It's, it's really having conversations to really understand like, uh, you know, what's out there. If anything, it may reinforce like why you want to stay at, um, at, at where you're working. But all mm-hmm. that to be said is it's important to ask yourself like, yeah, does, does this company have that headroom for the career track I, I, I want to pursue? Yeah. And you can ask that question if you're in a position already. Uh, but you, you talked about like at the hiring opportunity, right? When you're sitting down for an interview and I don't want to get too much into the interview discussions. Uh, that's kind of another topic, but I think too many people go into interviews thinking like, I need an offer at the end of this Mm -hmm. where the mind shift of like, I need to know if I want to work here as much as you want, need to know if you want me to work here, right? Mm -hmm. It is a a mutual connection. And yes, people can get desperate times, desperate situations, right? You got to pay the bills. I get that. So sometimes you do just need a job, but Mm -hmm. when the opportunity presents itself, you need to vet out whether you want to work for this company or not. And asking about, you know, what type of career development tracks do you have for your UX designers is a great question to be asking. Uh, So I like that you pointed that out. I wanted to ask you, though, when you moved from an IC role to a managerial role, what was the toughest change in your day to day? There's a lot, but one that really comes to mind. So, um, you know, one thing when I joined One Medical, uh, I started as an IC. So I was a product design lead because I was director of design at a company called Black Pixel. And I was like, you know, I want to take a break. I, I tend to take breaks a lot between between roles and feel really fortunate to be able to do so. And I think, you know, one reflection I thought I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to manage again. Uh, I, 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 I've said that so many times, not out of like, you know, the loss of desire to, but I was like, you know, like I really, I was contracting with one medical and uh, you know, then I, I really loved the team so much. I joined full time and I was like, okay, why don't I start as an IC? And see where that goes. So then when I switch to a manager, I think the hardest challenge as a manager is you feel like you aren't doing anything or you're not making any impact. Like you're like, what did I even do all day or all week? Like, like what is what is my purpose? Am I adding any value? And I remember feeling that way. And you know, honestly, I still feel that way at, at Webflow uh in in a lot of regards. And I think the hardest thing is when you're an IC, the impact is way more, way more tangible and more like output driven Mm -hmm. where you can really see it. Right. And I think, you know, if I designed a feature and shipped it with my team, it's like, Hey, we shipped this, like, this is the impact, you know, and it's very tangible in that regard. But, you know, in a manager, um, in a manager position, you forget a lot of the impact areas that you make because sometimes the impact is helping coach someone out of a hard challenge or, you know, giving some feedback on something or, you know, writing a doc to help align teams. And, and this is why I like creating, uh, you've probably heard me talk a lot about like this concept of a hype doc that, that I have my teams 
and myself track where it's like just at the end of the week, just add those reflections of those impact areas you make because sometimes you just feel like this, this, this blob at the end of the week, right? You're like, what did I, what did I even do? And I think as a manager, that's, that's such a hard transition because the way you make impact, it's, it's less visible than what, what we all might be accustomed to. Right. If you're, if you have been accustomed to the outputs, uh, meaning that, you know, this week, check this out. I did, you know, five usability tests. I pumped out these personas and then I pushed Mm -hmm. this prototype. I mean, that's very easy to track that. That's the, that's the, uh, that's what you added to the company. That's what you added to the team. So what do you do to find fulfillment then in your day-to-day job now? Like, what is it that you find fulfilling? What is the best change that you found? Yeah. Uh, You know, the best change is really like the work is infinite, right? It never ends. There's always like growth. There's always a need. And I, I really like that is that like, you know, every day is a completely new challenge. There's a lot of people management, you know, some of it really hard that are uh, challenges that um, I continue to face and, and really learn and experience that. So I, I really like that, that infinite possibility. And I think the, you know, ultimately for me, it's seeing people grow and develop. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I just got a message from one of my former direct reports and she told me she got promoted to be a product design manager. And that was like the happiest thing I've heard in, in quite a while. And it just, it just really brought so much joy to me and like thinking about all those conversations we had to kind of, you know, work with her to, to get there. So I think, you know, the, the people development part where, Like, you know, if I'm enabling people to be better versions of themselves, that's, that's the gratification. Yeah. Yeah. I know this is, this interview is not about me, but if I can add in just a quick thought, I would completely agree just because I think that's what resonates so much with me is that I love people and I love to tell my team that I'm in your corner. I I'm your biggest cheerleader. And you know, I had the opportunity just last week to have uh, a designer who interned for me two and a half years ago. Uh, she's gone her own way. She's done some uh, great growth, but she came back and I was applying for uh, a full-time position that we have. And I was really excited just to see like, what progress has she made in the two and a half years and was blown away by the progress. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the most fulfilling things to see like, you're doing great stuff. And I was so happy to be a part of her journey at the very beginning and then still to get this check-in later on. Like, it's so cool to watch that growth and that development. One more thing that I think I would add to that is I love being able to watch my designers who struggle in an area, whether that be with, um, you know, presenting or articulating their thoughts or uh, maybe it's just a confidence thing. I love watching them get the opportunities to blossom and to knock, you know, knock one out of the park when they get these at bats, like that is just one of the most fulfilling things. And I've seen that time and time again with the designers uh, who I who I'm currently engaged with, where uh, all they needed was a shot, and mm-hmm. they knocked it out of the park, and they continue to knock it out of the park. And you know, rolling out new opportunities for them and watch them continue to take swings at it, like that's one of the most fulfilling pieces. So 
I agree with you saying like, I think one of the best changes about more of that design uh, management position is watching those around you blossom. And I think that ties into that tweet that we read at the very beginning is, you know, watching people surpass even the things that you could have done is a very fulfilling feeling. Uh, but it's very different than pushing pixels. And so to tie this whole thing back together, I think it goes back to the question that you asked at the very beginning is, what do you want out of your career? Where do you want to go? There is not an issue with saying, I want to be an individual contributor. I want to be the one in the trenches providing value in that manner. And there's, you know, there's, I don't want to say there's nothing great about it, but there is something great about both of these things. It is great also watching people develop and watching people uh, blossom. So either track can be very fulfilling. It ultimately comes back down to what are you wanting out of your career? Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I want, I, to think, give, I want to give you the last word in this. Yeah, I think I think one thing that's important to uh, keep in mind, too, is that you don't have to do any of those tracks forever. It's not like you pick the path of being a manager and you have to be a manager for the rest of your career. Right. I've seen a lot of successful designers and engineers where, you know, they say, hey, you know, at this company, the value I'm going to add is being an IC. And then, you know, as that company continues to grow and scale, maybe, you know, because they've been a manager before, they're ready to switch. So I think it's one of these things. It's one of these stigmas in the industry, I feel, that's like you have to pick one and you have to commit to it forever. You know, we've had people at Webflow who've gone from manager to IC and IC to manager as well, just kind of based on the needs. So I think a, a big important thing as well is thinking about like the value you're going to add as a business because mm -hmm. you know if you're at a high potential startup that doesn't need a manager like maybe pushing the pixels and actually doing the work is the highest like value lever you can pull in in that regard so that's probably you know something I'd really advocate for people when they're thinking about these um tracks is like they're interchangeable right you can whether it's the same company or a different one, you can always go back and forth between being an IC or a manager. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I'm glad you said that. Is that it's not a lifelong commitment. Uh, and I, I appreciate the companies that I've worked for, for when they've had that fluidity between tracks. Mm. Uh, you mentioned it earlier too, being able to kind of dip your toes into one of those realms. Yeah. And, and if your company's good with that, that's a great opportunity. Yeah, and one other thing too is if you've been a manager before, it will make you such a more empathetic IC with your manager because you know what they have to deal with. You know what they have to think about. And I think, you know, because I've gone from manager to IC before, like when when I joined One Medical and it helped me so much to know, like, I've been a manager before. I know what people are feeling and responsibilities. So, you know, like both tracks, like, if you have experience doing both, it's just going to make you stronger in, in both of them. Yeah, I think that's great. David, uh, we are going to wrap this up uh, for time's sake here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining me for this chat. This was uh, really kind of you. I didn't share this story, but maybe I will just real quick. I, I did reach out to you and I got buried in your DMs on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm sure you get hit up quite often. So I, I don't take that personally. Uh, you were able to join Product Hive uh, for a, a guest speaking lecture a couple weeks, maybe a month ago. Uh, 
uh, I don't know, this month has already been like three months long. So I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. It was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but in that tweet where I saw that you were going to be speaking at Product Hive, I said, that's so awesome. I've reached him. I reached out to him wanting to have him on the podcast and you responded to me. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Uh, it really goes to show that, uh, you know, I appreciate you looking out for the industry and I appreciate your willingness to contribute. Oh, thank you so much. And again, yeah, if anyone who reaches out to me, the, I, I tell this to everyone. So just a little hack is uh, I don't even want to show people how many DMs I get on, on a daily basis, but I always appreciate follow ups and nudge. And I say this with my email inbox, too. It's like if you follow up or if you nudge, it, it gives me another chance to see it again. So, Dylan, I do appreciate you. Uh, you mentioned that again, because when I looked at my DMs, I was like, oh, my goodness, I, I completely missed this. And I would love to be a part of this. So <laughs> I'm glad you uh, <laughs> you didn't uh, you didn't take it personally and that you 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 pinged again. So, and it's been such a joy to to talk to you. And I feel like we could talk for several more hours, but I know you there's a certain time limit to this. Well, you know, if uh, if that was a soft offer, I'll take you up on it again in the future, and we can uh, we can do this again down the road. Yeah, well, you have my email, and you know, you know the trick to follow up. With there me. we go. There we go, David. For those who are listening, uh, what's the best way that they find you? Where do you want them to connect with you? Uh, Twitter's good. It's just my full name, David Hong. Um, my website, davidhong.com, and uh, those are kind of the two that. Uh, I, I'm most active on, so would love to to hear from from y'all. Yep, that is awesome, uh, David. Thank you for the time. You're a stud. I mean, great, great uh, comments and uh, and learnings here. So thank you very much for it. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap on another episode. Thank you for choosing to listen to Design Today. Check out our website at designtoday.com. There you'll find all of our past episodes, resources, links to join our Slack community, and even an option to sign up for a career coaching session with me. If this episode has provided any level of value to you, then consider subscribing. There's so much more to come with episodes launching every single Tuesday. If you're already subscribed, then thank you. Consider leaving a rating or a review. Share this episode with a friend or coworker. As always, your support means a ton and it goes a long way. Until next time, this is Dylan Winspear encouraging you to keep pushing and design something new today.